So a lot of really cool things happened on SmackDown this week, but I mean, come on, we all know the biggest one. Finally, The Rock has come back to the Manifest Wrestling Podcast, and we are officially on air. Welcome to the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Alfonso McCree Jr. A-L-P-H-O-N-S-O-M-C-C-R-A-E-E Jr. And you can bet on me and the Believe Network bringing you this podcast at least twice a week. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Manifest Wrestling, where we're dropping a lot more content than you're going to hear on Spotify, iTunes, and your podcast platforms. Okay, follow me on Instagram at Alfonso McCree Jr. as well, and you will get even more great content. So let's talk about the obvious big story here. Not only did The Rock make a triumphant return to SmackDown, and I mean, wow, one of the biggest pops that we've heard in recent memory. I mean, LA Knight's been getting some huge pops, but that pop for The Rock. There's a reason why he's called the great one, okay? And he came back, you know, he hit the people's elbow on Theory because Theory was running his mouth. I actually thought Theory did really well in this segment, by the way. So I want to give quick props to him because, you know, what he was able to do holding his own on the mic with The Rock was pretty impressive. A lot of criticism has been thrown Austin Theory's way about the fact that he's boring or not really the best on the microphone, I thought he did a very good job in this segment. So I want to give people their flowers when they're due their flowers. And he's due some flowers today. Good job, Austin Theory. Absolutely incredible stuff from you last night, including cutting off the rock and telling him it doesn't matter what you think. That was crazy. That was crazy, Theory. Great job there. But let's get back to the great one, the star. Pat McAfee. Had him on his show earlier, and Pat McAfee also joined him on SmackDown. They were in Boulder, Colorado, if you don't know, uh, doing the Pat McAfee show. And, uh, you know, they were there because obviously Deion Sanders has been drawing a lot of attention to the sport of college football, and rightfully so because he is backing up every single thing that he's saying that he will do. And, uh, you know, he's become quite the attraction. And, hey, thanks to him. The stars aligned, and they just happened to be doing First Take, College Game Day, Pat McAfee Show, all those big shows ESPN does, they just happened to be doing from Boulder, Colorado this week, and that includes, uh, and uh, that included, rather, a special appearance from The Rock on the Pat McAfee Show, where he dropped some very, very interesting knowledge. Take a listen. It always comes to me going back to uh, WWE and wrestling a match always comes down to the reason why and what can we create that's never been done before for the fans. So that's that was that's the idea. OK, which is perfect. Let's lead into last year in L.A. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So far. Uh-huh. Roman obviously on an incredible run. Yeah. The bloodline. Huh? Yeah. They're not talking about my bloodline. No. They're not talking about Connor's <laughs> nope, bloodline. Definitely no. not. Ty's definitely not. Nope. Mm. Tones, no. AJ Hawk's bloodline runs real deep. They're not yeah. talking about it. They were talking about uh, 
yeah. your bloodline. So that story was a big one. The Rock and Rome and SoFi, LA. How close? Did that ever, and was that close? All right, so The, the Rock uh, headlining WrestleMania with Roman Reigns, SoFi Stadium, uh, that was locked. What? Oh. We were, do- <laughs> no way. We, we were doing it. We, no, we, we, we were doing it. We were doing it, but let me just tell you. So uh, about in, in the beginning of 2022, um, Nick Khan, who we know, shout friend out to of ours, Nick, shout out very Nicky. good friend, Dog. long time for years. Dog. Yeah. Uh, he's the man. He was very instrumental in bringing Vince and I together. We all flew to L.A. We met. We sat. This is the beginning in 2022. And we broke out <laughs> the Mana, we toasted life, yeah, toasted yeah. the business we love, and about an hour later, we started talking about the potential of what this match could be between myself and Roman Reigns headlining WrestleMania at SoFi. And we shook hands and we hugged right there, all three of us at the table and said, let's do this. And so the North Star though, so then we had a year mm-hmm. to yeah. really think about this. Yeah. So the North Star, thought was, okay, let's not do something good, let's not do something great, let's do something unprecedented. And it was in what can we create for the fans that has never been done before. A match, great. Roman, incredible athlete, he's going to be on Mount Rushmore. Super handsome. Super handsome, good dude, my cousin, family, amazing. We can have the match, but the bigger thought was, what can we do for the fans in this business that we love that will, uh, where where WrestleMania isn't the end of something, it's actually the beginning of something bigger. Got it. So. So what happened? <laughs> so we got really, really close, but we couldn't actually yeah. nail what yeah. that thing was. So we decided to put our pencils down, and then we agreed, hey, listen, there's, uh, there is a merger coming up. Eventually that will happen. There's WrestleMania in Philadelphia. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, there's the eyebrow. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> what are you saying? Whoa. I'm, I'm saying, Whoa. I'm saying that that's a potential too. So I'm, oh, I'm okay. open, yeah. open, open. Yeah. I'm open. So what you're telling me, Rock, is that I need to go ahead and buy my tickets to Philadelphia right now because if I don't, I will have to pay three thousand, five thousand, ten thousand dollars for a ticket to WrestleMania to see you versus our tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Can you guys believe we were that close? All the speculation, everything we thought about the Bloodline story going forward, it was real. It was actually happening. So when they were dropping teases or, you know, at SummerSlam when everybody was doing, like, some of the Rock's moves and everything was really suspicious, there was there was fire where that smoke was. And uh, it, it, it ends up looking like we could possibly get that match that we all want. I mean, who wouldn't want The Rock versus Roman Reigns? Now, I know The Rock is getting up there in age, but you got to think, man. The Rock is not your typical 50-year-old. Right? His body's not broken down like most other professional wrestlers his age because he's taken such great care of himself over the years and really bulked up and gotten a lot bigger, a lot stronger. You know, he might even be faster than he used to be it's very interesting to think about the prospect of the story that they could tell there now you gotta think like people are people might be thinking oh that match might not be good the rock has been out of the ring here's the key difference between wwe and aew aew's sole focus is to put on the best matches possible 
So that means booking the best matchups possible. Regardless of what the story is or anything like that, Tony will even bring in a guy for a week if it means he can get a great match on television. And I respect that. That is their, that's their niche. That's what they go for. WWE, on the other hand, has always been more story-based. So if you look at some of the stories that have been told in the past, those are the things that got the big pops, the big crowd reactions. If it was all about the matches in WWE, the cruiserweights would be a lot more popular than they are now. 205 Live would have thrived instead of being dead now. The cruiserweight championship would still be active instead of having being unified. WWE does such a great job at telling stories. If you think about, you know, as a wrestling fan, if you really go back and you think about all the the big moments that you remember from your childhood when it comes to wrestling, it's all about the stories. Like, you might remember a few spots. Like, of course, we remember Edge spearing Jeff Hardy, you know, out of midair in that, you know, TLC ladder match. No, I, I can't say I remember the story leading up to that ladder match. I do remember the match, though. But in most cases, it's really about the story. Think about, think about CM Punk versus John Cena at Money in the Bank 2011. There was a story there. Oh, CM Punk's this rebel, and he's coming to Chicago to try to take the WWE Championship off this, uh, this polarizing figure named John Cena that half of us don't like anyway. It created this environment where it was Chicago versus the world and CM Punk was fighting for Chicago and the crowd responded to that. Let's think about The Rock versus John Cena, WrestleMania 28, a year of build to that match. If you watch that match without watching the lead up or having no idea why that match is significant like if you grab like a a random person off the street who doesn't watch wrestling and you have them watch that match they might not think it's that good because all in all the match wasn't a masterpiece but guess what the fans were invested i was there live i was cheering for john cena while thousands of people around me in miami florida were cheering for the rock and the story was there they had spent a year building the story. And then they delivered the big payoff. You have to think now. This Bloodline storyline has been going for three years. And it's one of the greatest stories WWE has ever told. And people are saying it's starting to lose its steam. Well, what better way to pick up the steam than to insert one of the greatest of all time into the story? Not just one of the greatest of all time into the story, but one of the greatest of all time that can still go. If you saw him deliver that people's elbow with the spine buster, that combination on SmackDown, he looked good. He still looked fast. He still looked strong. He wasn't limping. Like, at this point, yes, The Rock is mostly upper body. I mean, this guy's a boulder. Like, we we have to stop calling him The Rock. He's the boulder now. But when The Boulder delivered that spine buster and delivered that people's elbow, he still looked fast. 
He still looked quick. The ring rust didn't appear to be there. Obviously, it's going to be there, though. But it wasn't showing on SmackDown. The Rock has a chance now to solidify the Bloodline storyline as the single greatest storyline in the history of professional wrestling. Strong take, I know, but I think it's true. When you look at all the different elements, and you look at how the Bloodline story has elevated different superstars, look at what the Bloodline storyline obviously did for Roman Reigns. You know, after, With this Bloodline storyline, Roman Reigns is in the GOAT conversation now. As before, nobody liked his character. Nobody liked the big dog. Now everybody loves the tribal chief. And he's in the GOAT conversation. Look at what it did for Sami Zayn. It literally resurrected his image, his entire career. There is not a single program you can throw Sami Zayn in now where you think he has no chance to win. Because of that bloodline storyline, I thought he had a chance to win an elimination chamber. I thought they might do the title change to set up a triple threat with him, Cody, and Roman. I thought that was a possibility. I really did. And by all accounts, it was a possibility, but ultimately they decided to keep the title on Roman. Still a good decision. I don't mind that decision. But, like, again, my point is, look what it did for Sammy. Look what it's done for Jey Uso. Like he said before, they used to ask, which one are you? Now he's main event Jey Uso. Now when he comes out, the crowd is dancing to his music. He is a legit main eventer now. He will be challenging for that World Heavyweight Championship soon. Sooner rather than later. And if he's not listed internally as the, the top babyface on Monday Night Raw, I, I don't know who else would be. I gotta check with my sources and see if he is. Jey Uso has been elevated to a level nobody really thought he would ever reach. Me included. Elevated to a level where I go to SummerSlam and I'm surrounded by 60,000 other people who want Jey Uso to take this title off of Roman Reigns. Who think he can do it. Now ultimately he didn't. But again, this is like the image that is being built, the character, the, the legitimate le legitimacy of your character that's being built through storytelling. And now we have a chance to throw the rock in there. Oh, don't don't even let me forget what it's done for Solo. I mean, Solo already had this this image of like the enforcer and like somebody who will probably beat you up in real life. I believe that he could. Solo is being obviously groomed for the main event scene in the future as one of the top hills in the company. And it's all because of this bloodline storyline that he is gaining credibility and legitimacy to his character. A good story can be so effective in not only captivating the hearts and minds of an audience, 
but selling those tickets, creating legends. The Rock has an opportunity to do something absolutely earth-shattering to this business. This could be the bow on top that solidifies the bloodline story as the greatest story in the history of professional wrestling. When we come back on the Manifest Wrestling Podcast, there were a lot of layoffs this week after the TKO merger, and we're going to have to address that. It's the final bell, and it's next. Welcome back to the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. Usually this is the part where we do the three count, but today we're doing the final bell. And final bell is a segment where I kind of just air either grievances, something that I love, something that I just feel like I have a controversial opinion on, but I don't think this opinion is controversial at all. You know, at the end of the day, WWE is a business. At the end of the day, I love WWE, but I understand that WWE is a business. You know, for a long time, I felt like I wanted to work for WWE. And then I experienced working for WWE. And obviously, as as my mentor Gus would tell anybody, there's a lot of value in working for these big companies. I mean, they can literally be life-changing opportunities for you. But sometimes it's a gift and a curse. And weeks like this is when it's unfortunately a curse. Now, we've seen this a lot in the past, honestly, when it comes to talent, you know, getting released. I mean, it's like anybody could get released. We've seen Braun Strowman get released right after being in the WWE Championship program. We saw Bray Wyatt get released, you know, at the at the peak of like the Fiend storyline. Unfortunately, when you're in a business like this, sudden change, unpredictability is kind of the norm. And unfortunately, that was the case for a lot of employees this week at WWE. My experience working at WWE had its positives and it had a a lot of negatives. The positives were that for the first time I was surrounded by the product that I really loved growing up and still love today as an adult. And you know, seeing free wrestling every Tuesday 
because I worked the NXT shows. It was really awesome. I mean, seeing the superstars of the future. Like, seeing L.A. Knight when he was still in NXT. And he wrestled Cameron Grimes in that ladder match and the storyline involving the Million Dollar Man. It's really cool. Seeing Karrion Cross versus Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole versus Pete Dunne live in front of me for free was awesome. Absolutely awesome. And hey, let me give them credit where it's due, you know? They fed us every single day. And I'm not saying they fed us like in a sarcastic way. I'm saying like that food was good. It was really good. We were eating the same food the talent was eating. It was awesome. Okay? And they had these, like, they always had, like, these uh these desserts. And it would typically be, like, one of these, like, really chunky chocolate chip cookies. And it was, oh, it was great. Oh, really tasty. And it was also, it was like Nirvana because... At any point, my childhood idol, Shawn Michaels, would walk right past me. Multiple times, I've walked right past Shawn Michaels. Like, absolutely crazy stuff. You know, just being in a position, I guess you never really think you're going to end up in. And then you're there. And it's like, whoa, okay, <laughs> like this is real. This is really real. I'm grateful for those experiences, but I'm also not a sheep. And I can recognize the bad while recognizing the good as well. And the bad, there was a lot of bad. You know, I, I don't even think I mentioned to you guys that I wasn't getting paid for working there. I was a part of the NXT student initiative at Full Sail. And we had a wonderful, wonderful boss. And she is the sweetest, kindest, gentlest individual I've ever met and everybody loves her everybody and they let her go yesterday in the name of budget cuts they let her go As many benefits as there are to working for a big company, you know, you make really good money. You know, you get surrounded by your dream. There comes a point where, unfortunately, that same company is going to look at you as a number instead of a person. Because when you're dealing with a corporation, that's what you are, really. 
you're a number. To the people at the very top, you're a number. Now to your coworkers, to the people you work with every day, to your direct supervisors, all of those people, you're a human being. They know you on a personal level. They love you. They care about you. They cherish you. They see the value in you, the person. Not the worker, the person. But they're not the ones who ultimately make those big decisions. And that big decision was made, and I'm pretty upset about it, to be completely honest. She did not deserve that. She did not warrant being let go. She was amazing at her job. She made everybody underneath her feel important. Her supervisors loved her. Her coworkers loved her. Her presence at the PC is not replaceable. When I think about this brand, the Manifest Wrestling brand, I think about the fact that I don't want to be in a place where I'm just another number. You can call it ego, but I don't see it as ego. I see it as understanding my self-worth and understanding the fact that I'm not comfortable putting it in the hands of a company. So when I talk about this Manifest Wrestling brand, right now it's just a podcast. Right now I'm just making videos. Right now I'm just creating content. But I need all of my listeners, all my viewers to understand something. I am looking to create something for myself and for my lineage that is timeless, that will always be around, that can operate when I'm gone. I'm trying to create something legendary here. And I encourage everybody to do the same thing. If you have an idea, if you have a dream, if you have a goal, a plan, something that you're scared to create, I encourage you to create it. Just start. Just start. Because once you start, that momentum starts rolling. It's like pushing a ball down a hill. You have to start. You have to push it first or else it's just going to sit there. But you never know, never know what that could turn into if you just start. Today's a very happy day, but today's also a very sad day. Because while The Rock is back, I'm really happy to see him. Really happy about the perspective storylines going forward. I'm really happy with what the product has been so far in WWE. You know, they say never meet your heroes. Well, that doesn't just mean the people. Sometimes your heroes can be a big corporation that sees people as a number. That's it for today's Manifest Wrestling Podcast. I will see you guys in the next episode. Don't forget, subscribe on YouTube and follow me on Instagram at Alfonso McCree Jr.
Stay blessed. Stay safe. I'll see you next time.